Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cut Light and Smoke podcast. Today we are joined by two beautiful ladies, and both these beautiful ladies are related to me by birth, meaning they are both my daughters. In the middle shot, you have my 18-year-old daughter, Madeline Daisy Wreath. Madeline, say hi to everybody. Hi. Hi. Okay. And then you have my oldest daughter on the far right, and that is Savannah Grace Wreath. I'm giving you their full name so you can That's not uh, my hack, name. hack off. Uh, Savannah, Savannah, Savannah Grace, Grace Marshall. Grace Marshall. Oh. I forgot. Oh, I forgot. How dare you? I'm so sorry. Started. She is married, and I just I just somehow dishonored her family name, so I apologize for that. Ethan. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Well, uh, we're going to be having kind of a fun little conversation today about what it's like to be raised by a masculine man raising feminine women and how that was like being raised in the cigar industry with, you know, your dad being there and you two both have, having your uh, proclivities, let's just say that, proclivities. Uh, towards cigars. So oh. the first thing I want you to do, I'm, I'm going to start out with Madeline because she's not been in here as much and Savannah, everybody knows you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Madeline, tell them how old you are and tell them, t- just tell them anything you want to about being raised by, by a guy who's in the cigar industry. Go. Um, I'm 18 years old. Talking microphone. I'm 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Maddie. I'm 18 years old. I being raised with a father who in, in the cigar industry is certainly interesting. Mm-hmm. You definitely don't have like like, you know, when like people are like, oh, what are your parents doing? Like, are you going to follow in their footsteps? You're kind of like, oh, let's have a chat here about like really, really break down this. But it's most of people, most most of the time people aren't really like mad uh-huh. that you own a cigar store. They're just they're just like interested. They're like, oh, that's really cool. Right. Mostly because I have mature friends and that's just the way it goes. Sure. But it's just. But most of your friends' dads don't work in the cigar industry. No. They, they don't do that. They might yeah. have a retail shop or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or, but most of them are, you know, probably bankers, lawyers, yeah. doctors, or what have you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. And it's even, they, they definitely get really interested when I tell them that you own the shop. Yeah. Because they're like, oh my goodness, your dad started up his own shop. That's so cool. And I was like, yeah, I used to like work there and help out. And they're like, wait, that's awesome. Yeah. And at, yeah, first, they always, have. at first they always think that I sell the cigars. And I'm like, what? You sell it? And I'm like, listen, listen, <laughs> it's it's okay. It's okay. I worked in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah, sell yeah, them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're packing and shipping. You're packing, packing and, shipping. and shipping. Packing and shipping. Definitely a family dynasty we're trying to create here. So uh, your brother's not here. Your brother's not on, but he's been on himself before and yeah. so on and so forth. So, yeah. But Savannah, tell me a little bit about uh, your time at shop. What's it like to be raised by a cigar smoking dad? Oh, not just in the industry. <laughs> not just in the yeah, What do you want to say? Well, yeah, yeah. my experience differs very much from Madeline because mm-hmm. I don't consider being raised in the cigar industry. I consider being raised in ministry more because I was sure. 16. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was 16 true. when you guys got out of ministry yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for most of my life, you guys were in ministry. So I consider myself raised in ministry. Madeline okay. is probably a little bit more raised in the cigar industry. Well, talk about, talk about the challenges with that because I know there's some challenges being raised in ministry because we, we moved around a lot. We, we did. And I, I was a pastor 20 years, basically. I was a pastor 20 years yeah. before I got in here. So how did that affect you guys? Do you want but both me to answer first and then you can Maddie? answer first okay. and then Madeline can. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know. I don't want to speak for Madeline. It was very difficult for me mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I told Ethan, short of Jesus Himself coming down, I don't ever want to go into ministry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 There were there were two things that I told my husband. Uh, when we started dating and I said, look, if you're going to be in the military or if you're going to be in ministry, this isn't going to work. Um, and I have very much a perfectionist personality that I think is personally very dangerous in ministry. Cause you're already a pastor is already held to a higher standard that mm-hmm. naturally kind of passes to his family as well. The family itself is held to a higher standard, mm-hmm. which is very diff- difficult when you're a child mm-hmm. and you're just trying to figure out your own relationship with God, apart from what you're, not that my parents told me anything wrong, but apart from what your parents are telling you, because eventually it has to become your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you're just going to make mistakes. You just are. And then to have that higher standard automatically put on you that isn't on every other child in your church is very, is very, very difficult. Um, and f- especially for me as a perfectionist personality, that mm-hmm. wasn't a healthy environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes part of understanding your own personality is understanding um, you are able to control that uh, that part of your personality better in certain environments. And it's not even worth putting yourself in an environment where it's difficult to control and get a handle on. Mm-hmm. Um, so personally I'm, I'm happy to serve in my church, but I don't, I, I don't think we would probably ever serve in like a pastoral role. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, 
it it's very difficult to be in ministry. I've seen this not only in um not only in my family, but in other families, like friends that are very close to us. Um, it's a very, very difficult job, uh, very e- emotionally and mentally uh, demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I think it can also be one of the most fulfilling. Like you see, I think as a pastor, you probably see some of the best highs of people people's lives, but also the lowest lows of people's lives. And those lowest lows are what can really take a toll, a toll on you. Um, oh, sure. And I'm speaking from what I've seen from my own father, as well as um, close friends and family who have also been in ministry. So I think I might have a very different view mm-hmm. from Madeline, mm-hmm. uh, just because I was so much older going through it with our family. And I yeah. was so much older. We're five years apart so she was yeah. 11 when mom and dad got out of ministry completely yeah yeah yeah, yeah most definitely mm-hmm. well madeline talk, comment comment on what savannah said how do i compete with what you just said <laughs> it's not you a competition like, it's a conversation. Know, it's a competition you covered everything though girl oh yeah. my goodness um, well you have to have a different experience no i did i i don't think it was a lot more of like the pressure that i was feeling from having like a dad who was a like a full-time pastor and was involved in all of those church stuff Mm -hmm. i think it was more stressful just because we would hop around churches a lot and when we finally Mm -hmm. planted a church Mm -hmm. and i finally felt comfortable that i was like my dad was the pastor and then like i had all my other friends here like um it it was just hard to leave that church and Mm -hmm. go to a completely different one and then we went through a couple of stages of where we were just like church hopping mm-hmm. from, oh my God, I hated <laughs> church hopping mm-hmm. so much. But I think it was, I think it was just a lot um, because ministry in its <clears throat> in and of itself is a lot. It's a lot to handle. Like you're speaking the word and the truth about so many things and God, I, I know I'm pretty sure you don't want to get God wrong when you're talking. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just think, and sometimes when you would get stressed, I think sometimes I felt that stress because oh, I, sure. mm. I'm sure yeah, yeah. being a pastor and being in ministry must have been extremely stressful, extremely stressful. It was it was 10 times more stressful than the job I have now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 10 to 20 times more. Yeah. Well, yeah, more way more stressful. And I think when you're a pastor, you're dealing with like you said, Savannah, I thought was very, very astute. I mean, you're 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 dealing with the highest highs and the lowest lows. So you're, you're doing weddings and you're celebrating yeah. things with people and then mm-hmm. you're burying babies. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 the, it's both ends of the spectrum. And so yeah. it does take a little bit of a toll on you. Yeah. So, well, I think also, I don't know how much you would remember Madeline. I also don't know if you don't want me talking about the church plans on here. I don't know if you've talked about those. I don't care. Okay. I, don't, I got nothing to hide. Yeah, so I'm not, well, I'm not, I just, I just yeah. wanted to make sure because no, it's no, no, not no. only our story. Yeah. It's yeah, not, yeah. not only our yeah. story, but Seeing you and mom go through two failed church plants was very mm. difficult sure. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because then, because especially as a child, you're looking like we're held to a higher standard. And I know that mom and dad are trying to do the right thing, but why is it failing? Like, right. are we doing something wrong as a family? Sure, um, sure. And you take I that want, per, you take that on yourself. Yes. Yeah. And you I feel, took feel a guilty. Lot. Yeah, you yeah. Feel, you I feel took guilty. a lot on I know, myself. I know you took a yeah. lot. What's interesting though, and I w- I will say this. I think I've told you this story before, Dad. When you guys came to us. It, this is our church plan in Phoenix. When you came to us and you said that you were going to plan a church, mm-hmm. I immediately, like right after you said that, I was like, I don't think this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I should, I should tell dad. I don't think you this is going to work. Why mm-hmm. I thought, why I thought oh. I should tell you that was beyond me. But I immediately heard this voice in my said that like, you're right. It's going to fail, but mm-hmm. I have a bigger plan for this. Mm-hmm. So don't say anything. Oh, Just okay. let him do oh, it. Wow. And yeah. I honestly believe that if you had not planted that church, you wouldn't have gone into the, this industry. That's probably and true. Yeah. From it's there. probably so true. I, yeah. see, I see this as the culmination of something that happened almost 10 years ago. Yeah, I think I think the yeah. So for you guys who aren't inter- are, are interested in the in the journey, um, I was a pastor at several different churches. Uh, once once every four years, it was almost like graduating yeah. college or high school, if you would. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, we'd, we'd move in, into a different yeah. church or a different season of ministry. It's like on and on. and uh, it, it's it's really interesting. So. Uh, and I planted two different church plants and both of them did close and both of them did fail. And so I think it was really interesting um, going through that. And, 
as as I assess that kind of stuff, as I assess my life, it's like the things I did that I succeeded at, the things I did that I failed at, and the lessons that you learn in that, I think I learned more lessons in failure than I did in ever success. And so the, the lessons have been great, both for my, myself as a dad and as a husband, and then as a, a, a pastor of, of people in general, because I still have a pastor's heart and I still work with people a lot. So I think that's, a, that's an important, you know, disclaimer to put in there is, is that, uh, and I'm not making any excuses for why. I think I think there's a million reasons why a church fails. I really mm-hmm. do. I don't think you, I think I don't think you can just point to one thing. Yeah. Um, but I I know that you know because of because of it actually shutting down, that is something that forced. Actually, we ended up going into the cigar industry before we ever closed the church. So we ended up yeah. in the cigar industry working kind of bivocationally, mm-hmm. if you would, and then. We just had we, we the the cigar industry and the stores and cigar warehouse TNT that just took so much more time that it was it was easy to close and transition down from that into full time with uh, you know cigar warehouse and yeah. TNT. So I think that was one of the biggest that that was an easy move for mm-hmm. me. It was I was kind of burned out and but I, I, it was funny because the, the last church plant that I I opened uh, that, that, I, that I led with I told your mom this that at the very beginning I, I don't know if I ever told you guys because you were so little. Um, <clears throat> I think the very first time I, I, I planted a church, a lot of my identity was wrapped up in that, like mm-hmm. all my value and worth of like what people yeah. are going to think of me and all, all these expectations mm-hmm. and everything like that. The second time I had no, <laughs> I had none of that. I was like, you know what? If this work is great, if people gather around and they do it, that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to raise funds for it. And we got we're networking and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. And it went really well yeah. for a little bit, yeah. you know? So, but in all honesty, I, when it shut down, I wasn't like, Oh no, I'm a failed pastor. <laughs> I, I never, I never cared. I was like, I yeah. was like, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me whatsoever. I think it, I think it's easier as a man when that kind of stuff happens. Like when, when that happens, you go, okay, what, where's my identity and value at? Is it in Christ mm-hmm. alone or is it in working for Christ alone? Is it working yeah. in mm-hmm. people looking at you and going, Oh my gosh, you, yeah. you were, you were, I heard a, there's a guy who called me one time. He goes, you're going to be the best mega church pastor ever. <laughs> and I'm like, I've, I, I never planted to make a church, bro. I've Ooh. never done that. I don't want, I have no desire yeah. you know, to do that whatsoever. Um, but I think there's a lot of reasons, you know, that stuff happens. And I know, I know that getting out of ministry in general was one of the healthiest things for your mother and I yeah. and for our family in general. Yeah, yeah. I have Be- never seen you. I, I don't think I've ever seen like our family more happy and content. Oh, yeah. And, he- and like and healthy. healthier relationships. Yeah. Oh, sure. Not only yeah. with each other, but I feel like our relationships with other Christians around us improved after yeah. we got out of ministry. Because mm-hmm. then, then we didn't really feel like we were being held to a higher standard yeah. as mm-hmm. a family. Yeah. Right, 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 right. We, yeah. And also, I want to make this point. It, biblically, pastors are held to a higher standard. I'm not saying that's not correct. I'm just saying it can be difficult and it puts a lot more pressure. Well, the, the standard that you're talking about are the religious rules that people make up in their own heads about how a pastor should act. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's there's obviously things in scripture about how yeah, pastors are That's what are, I'm talking are, are about, like what's in be. scripture, right, not right. what people come up with in their own heads. But what a lot of pastors deal with in particular are how people's expectations of them are should be mm-hmm. the amount of times people came up to me and said you know hey my 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 grandmother's in the hospital uh, i just came to this church last week i'd like you to come visit my grandmother and i'm like well if i have time i'll definitely do that but there's a bunch of other people who have been here for so long yeah. that yeah. i have other obligations too yeah. mm-hmm. and somebody who's new and visiting wants me to come get meet their grandmother and talk with her and pray for her i would absolutely do that but i may not have the time and then those expectations get really really cross-wired mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. people and they're like why, why don't you see my grandmother this is your job you do what i tell yeah. you to and yeah. this is not a person that's involved in the church they don't care anything about you they mm-hmm. just they're in a minute of crisis and they want you and a lot of people find pastors that way I got a wedding, I got a funeral, I got something like this. I need a church. I need somebody come here and do this, but they have no yeah. expectation what and, and, and they have all the expectation that a pastor drops every at least this is what I experienced that mm-hmm. you have to drop everything when I tell you yeah. right now regardless of how I'm involved in the church or not. Yeah. I know somebody from your church. That's happened multiple times and quite frankly, I really didn't care about that. I was like, "Listen, I I have other obligations. I'm really sorry. You know, I'm, we're not we're not an on call church where you just yeah. you do something and we come we come bow down because pastors are people too. I yeah. mean, we have other obligations. Well, we have family time. Yeah. If I if if I if my will bent to what everybody wanted at any time, I would never have any time for you guys. I well, never yeah, would have. Yeah. yeah, I never would. Well, have. I do think that that is one of the problems in. I don't want to say ministry in itself. Just a lot of 
Christians and a lot of people that I've seen who have had those experiences with pastors who they have tried to like, my mother is dying. Can you please pray for her? Can you please like visit her? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they just can't do it because they are people and this is not their like, yes, God is your life, but like being a pastor is not your entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If if that makes sense. It's what you do. It's your calling. Yeah. 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 It's what you do, but it's not, it's not everything that you, I mean, yeah. Every, every pastor has a wife. Every, mm-hmm. Most pastors have wives and children. Yeah, and yeah. I think and that's. So, yeah, I think that it's it's kind of like if you can you can kind of relate it to just like a normal job in general. Like you go to like let's say like a barista, you only see that barista in that setting, mm-hmm. and so you only assume that's all they do. That's what they're there for. That right. is their entire life. That's just I f- I just feel like as humans, you kind of just you see some one person in some sort of lighting and you just immediately think that of them for everything. Right. I, think it's, I think it's also pointing to like a lack of community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like if you're, if you're going out of your way to talk to this pastor who you've, you've never met before, you've met just once you've just now visited their church, you maybe don't have a really strong community around you. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that like, I wouldn't immediately go, uh, for example, um, when we moved to when we moved to Knoxville, obviously we had to find a new church. So, mm-hmm. if God forbid something had happened to my husband in the first couple of weeks that we were there, the first couple of weeks that we had gone to that church, mm-hmm. um, some people that we had met at the church, I may have reached out and said, "Hey, would you just mind praying? This is what we're going through." Right, I would right. not have gone to the pastor's door and said, "You yeah. need to come to A, B, and C Hospital." Like yeah. you, mm-hmm. you just don't do that. I I, th- I think because people have different experiences from their past with different pastors, mm. they take those experiences and they pl- place them unrealistically on new experiences with new pastors. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. like, this is what my, this is what my mom's pastor did. Why won't you do that? And so yeah. on and so forth. And it's a very different age by nature of the fact that there, there's social media involved. There's all these things that yeah. people yeah. are involved with and people do. I mean, th- to think that you're just, you're just simply doing ministry mm-hmm. you're doing hospital calls sermon prep yeah you know sunday school classes or whatever else like that you think that that's that's just ministry it's much more than that because you're having so many different lunches breakfasts, everything else like yeah. coffee with several different congregants a week not to mention you're doing a budget for the church and everything yeah. else like that and you're, you're taking in money and you're trying to figure out how you organize it best to honor god i mean that that's a lot of a lot of what goes on yeah. um and then when somebody comes in and kind of a bombs that world and they're yeah. like, hey, I need you to stop everything you're doing right now and mm-hmm. do what I tell you to. And I'm like, that just never flew with me. So there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot yeah. of times that people would not it doesn't mean that I won't do that also. There's there was a time that um unfortunately there was a young lady who uh committed suicide here in Phoenix. Mm. And she I didn't know her parents or anything like that, but her her parents knew somebody at our church and that, that guy got a hold of me and he said, Hey, if, if you can do this, it's a kid, it's fifteen year old girl, she just committed suicide, would you come would you come and would you be with the parents and talk with them? And would you be interested in doing the funeral? And I said, sure, I can, I can serve in that. And I didn't really have anything going on that week. So I was like, mm-hmm. I, that's obviously something I can, I can help with. And so I went there, prayed with them and ministered to them and so on and so forth. And it was good. Um, but I think that, you know, that's the list, the less entitled people are, mm-hmm. you know, when, when it comes to addressing pastors about certain things, the absolute more you'll get from yeah. any pastor you just will. You know, the guys who are less entitled, they'll be like, hey, man, if you got a chance sometime, I'd, yeah. I'd yeah. love to get coffee with you and talk about some stuff in my heart. Well, sure, man, absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. But if like a guy comes like, in and they're like, hey, dude, I pay your tithe, <laughs> I pay your salary, you need to get over here and I do what I tell money. you to. I yeah, yeah. People, are, people are entitled like that. They think because you tithe to a church, you're not giving to God, you're giving to the pastor. Yeah. You know, you're making his wheels turn. Yeah. That's not true. God writes his paychecks, bro. So, <laughs> <laughs> he can get it from you or he can get it from somebody else. Yeah. 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 Okay, next next question. <laughs> I feel like we just went through a, th- a family therapy. That was very that was family cathartic, right? Therapeutic. Very th- therapeutic. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever talked Lovely. about that as a family. That's that's kind of crazy. We've talked about it like individually. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've yeah, talked yeah. about it individually with you. I don't and think mom. I've ever talked about I don't my think experiences we've ever in ministry. Yeah, what did you think about that, Madeline? What was your experience like in ministry? Yeah, did in you ministry? enjoy it, or did you were you just like this? This uh, is this because you were. I mean, from the time you were baby until you were like eleven or twelve. And you were little when mom and dad left. It was a lot harder to not stay a Christian, but stay steady in my faith Mm -hmm. when we got out of the ministry, just because I wasn't, it wasn't so involved Mm -hmm. and it wasn't so not like overwhelming. It was a little overwhelming, but, um, just it, what we were put on a pedestal 
we were put to a higher standard than mm-hmm. others because you we literally have the acronym um pk yeah we have kid. that for a reason because every right. because what is this acronym pk uh pastor's, pastor's kid? kid you yeah. heard pk before? oh oh okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> PK. Well, i thought you meant like our family has oh, this. I was like no. i've never heard of this family uh, every, every, no yeah every pastor's kid has pastor's pk kid. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah pastor's kid and i think that it was it was stressful, but I do think that it helped me keep a steady faith and it helps me understand more my faith and help grow in it. Mm-hmm. But when we got out of that and I started becoming like a teenager and I started getting very, just like very insecure and very scared a lot because I went to a public school where a lot of people weren't believers and a lot of mm-hmm. people just didn't really want to hear about it or didn't really understand it. Um, it was more of a hostile environment. It was a yeah. lot It was yeah. a lot more of a hostile environment. And you guys went to the same public school. Yeah, we yeah. did. We had very different experience. The high school that she is going to now is not the high school it's, that I went to. It's a little crazy. but um, Well, that you, you graduated already, I should say. Yeah. That she well, went to. I also feel like you were more, you're a lot more high, like, headstrong and you're a lot more bold <laughs> to where you will say what you want and yeah, you I didn't will stand really care. up for yourself. Like, I didn't really yeah. care all that much because I, I had my core group of friends yeah. who were Christian. Yeah, you, you, you knew, you knew who you were. And I, in high school, it was a little bit more difficult for me just because I was with a, a friend group that wasn't exactly Christians, and I still loved them to death. Mm-hmm. It was just they, I couldn't connect with them on a deeper level that I could with other Christians. Mm-hmm. And once I got out of high school, I kind of realized I was like, wow, I was falling off deep of okay. like my faith and just spending time with God and understanding my growth in 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 faith and it was just it was kind of just an eye opener and I I and I had realized I hadn't gone to church in a while and I still haven't just because I had I was busy with two jobs but that's another story How um, much pressure do you get from your dad to go to church now Now Seriously now Now uh not a lot I I think you guys kind of understood Kind of like I I know that you would love for me to go to church every single Sunday. And obviously I would love to go to church every single Sunday. But sometimes there was just when I was like working doubles on work back to back and I would get home at like 1030 or even later if I was working at another job or something like that, where I simply honestly just did not have the energy to do anything on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had to work on Sunday as well. So it was just even more stressful. But um, we're slowly climbing out of that like little pit of just like I don't know busyness um, busyness I yeah I just I was very busy but now I'm getting out of that and I'm hoping to go to church um this Sunday I I know I will it's a it's a different thing as a as a dad pastor and as a pastor in general to you know as a as a I think every dad is a pastor of his own home and Mm so part of part of what I do is is give my kids grace to grow but then I'm pretty intentional about talking to them about their faith. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, yeah. I don't mince words or anything like that, but I do, I do mix my expectations for them. Meaning mm. I don't guilt or shame my kids at all. I think that is the absolute, we've experienced that in our family in weird ways, to be honest with you through, uh, extra family outside our, our nuclear family. Um, we've experienced that and that's been a very, very bad thing for our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think all of my yeah. kids are really sensitized, sensitized to shame. And so there's no way, there's, there's never been a way, even if I could, if I wanted to, to shame my kids to do something I want to, they would just look at, look at me like, well, God, <laughs> God loves me, dad. Who cares what you think? You know? So I mean, you, yeah. yeah, you, I think you've raised us to like be, how do I word this? You were going to say something. I'll think of it. I was going to say, I felt like you were more hands off after we turned 18. Yeah. Yes, oh, I was. You were just because 100%. you were like, you're an adult now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if your faith is true, then now it's up to you to continue going to church, pursuing your relationship with Christ. Not yeah. that you weren't open to having any conversation with us, or if you noticed sure. us doing something like so morally wrong, you wouldn't yeah. bring it up. Be like, Madeline, we need to sit Madeline down and have a conversation. A, Madeline gave me a little shot the other day. It was great. What I, did I do? I, she, yes, yeah, yeah. You went this weekend to go um, to go spend a night at somebody's house. Oh. Uh, friends. And I asked, <laughs> remember this? I asked, I'm like, are there going to be any boys there? And she, oh. she looked at me, she's like, what's it matter, dad? I'm an adult. I can do what I want. And I was Which like, is 100% oh, true. 100% true, but it's, I'm still going to know true. about it. And I'm still going to, I'm still going to go, well, Madeline, you are my that. daughter and I love you and I want to protect you, even though you're an adult and everything else like that. So and I think, I think, yeah. I think letting you know that and letting our, our kids know that 
you know, even though they're adults, and they all are adults now. I mean, you're you're 18, Camden's 20, yeah. and Savannah, you're 23? Yes, I'm 23. 23. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I had to take I a drink. I can't remember all my kids. <laughs> I still don't know their birthdays. I know Cam, Cam's <laughs> August 29th. You don't know my birthday? It's you're like the easiest one. November 6th? 16th? Dad. So I don't know. I've, Hers is May 6th. What's mine? May 6th. May 6th. What right. is mine? Yours is, I don't know. <laughs> Dad. It's November 16th? No, 15th? that's your that's your sister's. 14th? 15th. It's a teen, It's a teenth. It's on horrible <laughs> birthdays. I, I I know your mom's is May eighth, right? Oh my gosh, mom's is eighteenth. May eighteenth. I see. It's really bad. This I'm sorry. We I'm sorry. have to text. Look, this is what happens. We text really dad. Sorry. It's mom's birthday, or mom texts dad. It's honestly Cam's birthday. It's Madeline's birthday. Make sure you say happy birthday. I know Camden's is August 29th. To be honest, I only know Camden's because he's the only boy. I mean, he's the only boy I have. So as a result, well, when it comes to girls, I'm like, is that Madeline or is that Samantha? You know, with Cam, I'm or like, Jamie. It's boy, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or Jamie, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, in your defense, I I don't think I know your birthday. Isn't it? Ju- it's July fifth. It's July fifth. Because yeah, we always, it's we always celebrate the on Fourth of July. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, fireworks. You know. Oh, never mind. I had, Not I had, in your I had, defense. I, I knew that. I had to delay my birth because America's more important to Bradley. So. <laughs> July fourth is more important. Mm. July fifth, you know. So, but mm. I I think that. So, but when in raising you guys, I think it's really interesting. What I, I guess I guess the. This is this is great therapy. This is really good to be honest with you. And we're sharing it with all of you guys out here. We should do never, this more never, ever thought it was going to go this direction. I was going to try to, you know, manipulate it a different way that I wanted, but then, you know, I'm okay with it. Um, what, what were some good things that that happened as you were growing up uh, under our house, and what were some challenging things that happened? I, I'd love to hear those specifically in regards oh. to ministry or just oh, just anything, I, just growing, oh, okay. just growing up and one. growing up as a wreath. Yeah, growing up as a wreath. I mean, Savannah grew up as a wreath and didn't change her name. So, but I mean, it's you knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I did, and Madeline's name will change one day too. Yeah, I get it. Hopefully. But so, so what? So what? What were some challenges and what were some you know some I, good some good memories? I I'm, t- I'm curious because I'm ahead. sure you, you guys want to know. I will tell you, growing up with a dad who was very, very headstrong, very, <laughs> very like. Uh, how do I? Well, I don't want to like make you mad. You're not gonna make me mad. I'm okay. You're very stubborn. Yeah, you're so 100%, stubborn. Where do yeah. you think we get it? That's yeah. true. Both of you That's guys true. Come and I think we bet. I think we butt heads a lot because I'm very stubborn myself, and whoa, I. Whoa, 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 whoa. First off, you are something over and above stubborn, woman. I, I you are the queen drama queen. <laughs> You are a drama. I am oh. less dramatic than I used to be. Well, much, much less, much Thank less, you. much Thank less. You. But there are it times you come in. I just know. I just know what I want, and I know there, that. <laughs> there are times you come in, and I'm like, "Hey, she comes in at night, and I'm I'm up. I'm, I'm getting ready to go to bed, and Madeline will say something, and it comes off like." Catty and really angry, and I'm like, okay, dad, gone. And I she's like, and then it. she comes back like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to bed. Leave me alone. Yeah, I don't mean it. Yeah, it's crazy. No, it's just I have a I have a lot of I guess I have a lot of tone to my voice, and it's just it's just like that. It's called attitude. It's called drama. <laughs> attitude, aka drama. Mm. Okay. Oh, you so, can be the drama queen sometimes. So, oh, I'm a total oh, drama queen. When yeah. you're yeah. sick, dad, it's oh like the world is ending. Oh, Jamie, me a soda. It's, Sorry, continue. I don't ever get Madeline. sick, but when I do get sick, I'm a drama queen. So uh, you feel like you look like you're dying. I feel like I'm dying every time I'm sick. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Where you was know. I? I don't you know. Saying dad was really headstrong. You're very so headstrong. headstrong. You yeah. you raised us to be very strong, mm-hmm. and I think that's very important because we had a we had we have a mother who is very very sensitive, very very mm-hmm. gentle and calming. But when she gets mad, when that woman gets mad, it's terrible. You run for the hills. You run. But <laughs> when, when, so, so just, just FYI, um, I, I cuss a little and love Jesus. My wife never cusses. And when no, she cusses, terrifying. it is an absolute is hell terrifying. on earth. All of us would and go in our rooms and hide. And I, my God. And I would go talking. in the room and hide. I just, I just <laughs> like, Holy crap. Don't say that, please. You're not, you're so sweet and kind and gentle. Don't ever would, say that. Do you remember when in the, uh, in the uh, John Cabot, John Cabot, how the pink house, where we would have the vents that would connect to our rooms. That was that was Arborg. Arborg. That, that was, that Arborg. was Arborg. We used to have an old house that had a vent that connected to our rooms. And whenever mom got mom, we'd all be like, do you think we're in trouble? Are we, and are we're okay? talking and we'd through, talk the, through vents. the vents. Because, I mean, like, it was the only thing that we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have everything. That was yeah. our form of communication. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. That's funny. Um, but back to the point. Um, I think it was very important to have a strong 
dad mm -hmm. who raised us to be strong, but also had a mom who raised us to be sensitive but strong. And those combined, I think, raised us to be very, 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 very equal in those two things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a very good balance. So that that is one thing that I really, really do. I think all of my kids um, are very strong. I think all of them are very determined. They wouldn't let... I don't think any of you guys would get pushed over, you know, oh, by anybody. No. Yeah, they, they, if they tried to be ma manipulate <laughs> you. So there are so many people who have tried to manipulate me in my life me? that you I are so. Oh my! Yeah, I'm sorry. You're listen, so sassy. Yeah, she is. Savannah's the yeah. Even before me, Savannah would speak up about something. If if we were in a room and the conversation became manipulative, Savannah would be like, "Excuse me," and I was <laughs> I would sit there and wait for the the sniper moment. Where I could tell the person that sounds manipulative, what you're saying, you know, but that I happens all the time. I don't that care. All I just cut it off immediately. Yeah. yeah, that happens all the time. People try to manipulate you in your life and everything else yeah. like that, and they try to make you feel guilty or shameful about something. I'm like, dude, Jesus died for all my shame. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I mean, and if yeah. there's something I need to be honestly repent from or honestly say sorry for, I got no problem doing that. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of people, to be quite honest, you know, they try to control your life or try to manipulate you through something. Yeah. Uh, and it's true. It happens yeah. all the time. Well, it happens people. in business a lot. Yeah, it does. Mm. Yeah, for sure. What? Savannah, what about you? Well, I wanted to hear her challenges. Okay, what are the challenges? Yeah, challenges? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go through all the weak stuff. Say all the good stuff. Now get into the bad stuff. Let's get into my childhood trauma. Yeah. <laughs> This is great. <laughs> We're 30 minutes in and I'm just like, let's stop the film. Let's stop it now. Um, my challenge is like just growing up mm -hmm. with as a wreath. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I can't. Really... I feel like it's also the stubbornness. Yeah. The stubborn. Uh, I feel like, okay. You know how I said that there was a good balance of like strong and gentle. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I think I was, I think I am closer to mom. That mm -hmm. I will ever be with you. I'm close in sure. a, in a different way with you, mm -hmm. um, but I think mom really had the biggest impact on me, which left me more on the sensitive side. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time, I would get taken advantage of. I would get too mostly too carried away in friendships that I thought were gonna last, mm -hmm. but they ended up didn't. They just kind of fell apart. Mm -hmm. But I think that that did create a soft spot that like slowly got broken mm -hmm. by a lot of people and a lot of experiences mm -hmm. and I think that that was a really big challenge that I needed to like now I'm, I'm not as sensitive now I could give I could give two craps to be completely honest with you good work keep Trace. it clean keep it clean <laughs> keep it clean you're your father's daughter but keep it clean yeah doing it for Jesus yeah yeah no cussing <laughs> I love my kids they're so fun uh, but yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say you're mo you're more like your mom. Yeah. I'd say Savannah's more like I me am, for sure. Oh, 100%. I am, yeah, yeah, I am like her. I'm highly sensitive, yeah, and it. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it sucks. But mm -hmm. it's there's time. <laughs> so what that means is there's times that you just need to be absolutely quiet and alone. And yeah. I, I'm I'm rock and roll twenty four seven. So the the crazy thing is there's times where I just I'm I'm loud, and your mom your mom literally tells me you need to go away from the house <laughs> go to the shop she, go do something else go ride your you motorcycle go away lot? yeah she's she's like she's like bradley i need you to leave right now or i'm gonna bite your head off <laughs> it's true. It's she true. says it to like all of us but it's i'm i'm basically a lab that's what i am as a person i'm like hey guys hey hey, hey who is wants to play dog. yeah and then and then to be honest with you jamie is very much like our dog penny who's Aww, very quiet Taylor. So, Jamie's just not as fat as Penny. Penny's super fat. She yeah, so, is. But Jamie, Jamie <laughs> our dog weighs more than Jamie. Uh, but my, my wife is very quiet. Very, I mean, she's very, she's just awesome. She's There's a thousand things about angel. her that's amazing. Yeah, She really oh, is a saint. A I saint. mean, not just for marrying me, but for putting up with me all these years. She is a saint. Mm -hmm. So there's no doubt mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. All right, Savannah. <laughs> all right, Savannah. Give, give into your, go into your, uh, the, the benefits and the struggles of growing up with the last name Wreath. Um... I mean, I don't think it has a lot to do with my last name. I was, mm -hmm. I feel like I was, we were very fortunate. I feel like I was, I was very fortunate in my parents, just having good examples of what it looks like to follow Christ, but also good examples of what it looks like to have a godly marriage. Mm. Um, oh yeah. Since, mm. since getting yeah. married. Um, and it, once you get married, you want to have other married friends cause you're in the same stage of life. You want to help each other through it. Sure. Um, and since getting married, um, 
I have become acutely aware that I was very, very blessed and in a very unique circumstance to have parents who had such a strong uh, God-centered marriage um, and to have that example going into marriage and know how to conduct myself in marriage because that is not the case for everybody. Mm. Mm. Um, and I have unfortunately seen other marriages fall apart mm. around me. Mm. Um, and I initially, like, I just couldn't understand why I'm like, but don't you love each other so much? Mm. Like, isn't God at the center? And then as some things came out, I was like, oh, he wasn't. And yeah. that was, I was like, that's what makes the difference. Is mm -hmm. God was always at the center for mom and dad. Yeah. Um, and that's, cause I, I mean, marriage isn't easy under even the best of circumstances. Mm -hmm. So, and I know that there were definitely some very difficult uh, times for you guys as well. So that was hugely impactful for me. Um, not only in my marriage now, but also like in looking for a husband mm -hmm. of what attributes do I want my husband mm -hmm. to have and talking to mom about that. You, I didn't talk to you as much about it. Mm -hmm. You, you really led by example of like what. I arranged the marriage. That's what I did. <laughs> I literally did. I arranged <laughs> this marriage. Get married. I literally, now. so just so you guys know, Savannah's husband, Ethan, uh, came to me when, when we first opened the shop and said, I'm really interested in, in, in your daughter. And I Did think, he really? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. he's never told this? me. He yeah, didn't, yeah. Tell you didn't, know he didn't tell me. Oh, yeah. It was so cute. Yeah, so, I wasn't there, but dad told me about in, it. In the whole, in the whole thing, I, I told oh. Ethan, you know, um, I think he made, made something, made mention to you and you were at one point saying, I just like you as a friend, you know, I yeah. don't think, yeah. And yeah. so I was, I told him, I, so, I said, man's heart. I said, play the long game, dude. She'll come around. I know my daughter. I know the kind of character that you have. It will mesh up really well. So, and it did, you know, it yeah. really did. And he won the prize, which is your heart. So Aww. I think that's yeah. a, I think that's a really cool, cool thing. So yeah, you guys out there, you want, you want the pastor's daughter and everything like that. Go talk to the pastor himself. He'll be able to tell you if you're, you're the character that can, you know, can take <laughs> his daughter's single. heart. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Madeline. We're just, just, yeah. Cut that part out. <laughs> the phone number is 602. No. <laughs> We're not going to do that. You can call the shop. You can call the shop. Um, um, so, so in that regard, yeah. So when you see, so that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, what were some of the challenges? Really, what were some of the really challenges? Helpful. You were challenging. I know. <laughs> oh yeah. I know I am because you. I'm like a copy paste version of you. A hundred percent. I I am my father's daughter. Mm -hmm. Um and. <laughs> If we had to lead a project together, uh, whatever it was, and Savannah and I were in a group of 10 people, and they were like, well, who's going to be leader? We, we both would be shoot up our hands. For first place. We both shoot up our hands the first time and go, me, I'm the leader. And Let's Savannah just go, no. say yeah. on family board game nights, it's not so pretty. Yeah. Let's just say that. Um, I'm all about winning. Me too. We're <laughs> super competitive. Um, yeah. No, but specifically, I remember specifically, it got really, really bad my senior year of high school. Mm. Um, you were also going through a lot of stuff like yeah, I think outside that's when of, I, I think that's when I was I getting out of cigar this. warehouse yeah. and getting into, there was, there was yeah. a lot going on. And then uh -huh. senior of senior year of high school, there's a lot going on. Um, I was like on my swim team. I was captain. So you're dealing with that responsibility. You're mm -hmm. getting ready for college or I turned uh, 18 that year, pretty mm -hmm. early on in the school year. So now you're an 18 year old. You're trying to figure out the boundaries yeah. of being a new adult, but also living in your parents' house. It's very, very difficult. Um, but you and I butted heads a lot there was, I don't, I, that was a, that was a bad year for me. That was I, a bad, but, but what yeah. I'm saying is I don't think we wouldn't have butted, he, butted heads as much had we not been so similar because neither mm -hmm. of us wanted to back down. Sure, sure. And eventually oh, mom yeah. had to take me aside and was like, dad's having a very hard time. He's not really thinking straight. You have to be the one to back down. Yeah. yeah. And eventually I wow. had to be like, okay, I have to be the one to back down. Dad mm -hmm. doesn't mean what he's saying. Mm. And I just need to back down and try and keep the peace until dad can get over this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very difficult. And what, like after my senior year, once I started working here, that really healed and mended a lot of bridges, mm -hmm. which was the complete opposite of what I thought it was going to do. Because everyone told me, they're like, it will ruin your relationship if you work with family. Oh, wow. um, really? And it had, yes, it had the opposite effect for us. Wow. I think part of it was you started to see me more as an adult because you saw me in a working environment. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, she's, she's an adult. She's very capable. So I think that was very helpful. But also when you're spending that much time together every day, mm -hmm. you you have conversations and you start to heal from those. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I also think this is a place that wouldn't really give you a lot of high stress. Like well, you want to, it doesn't give you. In the beginning, it kind of was just because really? you're trying. Well, I've, I've been here since it was like 
what like four or five months into it mm-hmm. right yeah. dad yeah. like those were still like grinding days yeah like, you were just like you're working really really hard mm-hmm. yeah so that there's a little bit more pressure i, I, I still on that think end. i work hard but that's okay <laughs> no you still work hard you still work but there's maybe a little lower but there's no. parts of the business that are so well established now you don't have to work so hard at them yeah. that's sure, what sure. i mean you have the mm-hmm. ability to start other things and work really hard at those mm-hmm. yeah um but I think us having such similar per- personalities was a challenge and that we would butt heads a lot. Mm. Um, and yeah. you don't back down and I don't back down. So yeah. eventually someone has to realize, okay, I have to back down or is this, this yeah. is going to go. S- it was like fighting fire with fire. Yeah. 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 Basically. Mom was it, the water. Mom was <laughs> kind well, mom, of. Mom always is the water. Mom, yeah. Mom, mom's she was, the she's the peacemaker. Mom, mom yeah. is my, mom is my peace. There's no doubt about that. If I want to, if I want to go anywhere to have peace, I go to your mom yeah. and it's very, very soothing and very relaxing. I love that. I yeah. really do. I, I love yeah. that about your mom. So Aww. I mean, she's, she's absolutely everything I could ever want in a wife and mother. There's no Aww. doubt about that. Every, everything. There's no, there's no, yeah. That's why I don't ever deal with like, you know, when people ask me, you know, what's it like being married 29 years? I'm like, it just gets better every freaking year. <laughs> it really does. You know? And I look back when we yeah. were first married and we didn't have kids the first five mm-hmm. years of our marriage. And we went around the country, flew around everywhere with ministry. I didn't ministry. know about this. Oh, we loved it. When they it. were yeah. in Campus, Campus Crusade, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was I, wonderful. I know that. When, when speaking all over the country, it was really yeah. great. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly think, I think that going back to the pastor thing, it's something that somebody told me. I think I should have listened to them when I was in Dublin. And they said, um, uh, you're more of a communicator and speaker than a pastor. And I mm-hmm. went, what do you mean? They said, you're, you're very good at communicating. You're very mm-hmm. good speaking yeah. up front and everything else like that. But pastors also have to have a really, really near near and dear shepherd's heart where um, you take on almost the, the the burden of your flock. And I just didn't. Yeah. I never did. I was yeah. like, well, that's, that's, hard. that's hard that you're going through that. But I wouldn't necessarily take on that burden. Um, and I don't know if that was in my DNA to not really feel that way or anything else like that. But when it did start getting to me, I was able to just be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about it. So... I yeah. think I think during that time when I was with your mom we were, before we had kids, um, I was speaking so much all, all the time at local high schools and around the country and stuff like that. It was very easy, you know, to to do that, and that wasn't very stressful necessarily. Yeah. Other than the pressure of you know performing in front of people when they're asking, "What are you going to talk about?" and you're talking to public school kids, you know, things like that. So, anyways, um, yeah, I think that you have a really incredible gift of being able to touch people's hearts through what you say mm. and that is really truly amazing because i i don't i don't know anybody who could speak to somebody and really really make them think about the words that you said more than more than you mm. like it, it really you. truly is incredible mm. but i i don't think that like i don't think being a pastor was your place to do that well, I, I Not, think also uh, I got. That I sounds got, wrong. And that's okay. I know what you mean. I think part of it was, I I don't like politics a lot. Yeah. I mm. really don't like politics, and I don't like kissing up to anybody. Yeah. There's I, nobody I, yeah. I like kissing. I, I've never felt like I needed to. I got that from your grandfather. I never saw my dad oh, kiss up yeah. to anybody. Yeah. And so I've never seen that. So I think like that, that man I is think, more headstrong than you. Well, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Grandpa Reith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I I think that, you know. I think that 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 probably hurt me a little bit because I wasn't I didn't know how to be diplomatic about saying things, mm. you know. When someone would say like Here, here's the issue, I'm like, why are we talking about this? this is stupid? Yeah, this is a dumb this is a dumb issue, you know. When people are asking about why a song is, you know, not within rhythm of 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 some weird hymn they heard or somebody rewrote. I remember I was sitting at a meeting one time, somebody rewrote a hymn and mm-hmm. it made it more like rock and roll, and they were like, we need to have a conversation about this. No, we don't. It's a good idea. Who cares? <laughs> This is stupid. Why we don't have a conversation? We're not gonna have a meeting about this. Then I was called angry and arrogant, and I was yeah. like, "Well, I'm angry and arrogant about dumb things. That's what I'm angry <laughs> and arrogant about, you know." So I think that things like that yeah. don't play well in the church world when you need to be diplomatic about things, yeah. and and especially nowadays with everything coming into the church and everything like that's against the church, which is basically culture as a whole. I mean, mm-hmm. I just couldn't deal with that. I couldn't yeah. deal with like I couldn't be PC. Up front, I couldn't be PC. If somebody came up to me, I would. My heart goes out to people who are struggling with stuff. But if your if your life is a result of your choices, 
and your life is going down the tubes and mm-hmm. somebody tells you three or four times, hey, you got to make different choices in order for your life to turn around. Mm-hmm. One of the choices of Jesus and there's three or four other choices behind it that really need to happen. And someone refuses to do that and it keeps going down the tubes. I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's what happens a little bit with the with the not being such a great pastor. You know, yeah. I, I didn't have a, well, a, a, a I guess, a, a what do you call it? A, I don't know. Let me rephrase. I I think you're an amazing pastor. I just I just think that your I gifts forgot. are more effective outside yes. of the church. I don't think that mm-hmm. I think that um you speaking as a pastor to me kind of looked like more of a job than something that you get to do and that you get to talk about God and that you get to touch people's hearts every single day. Mm. I think that you have more effectively touched a lot more people's hearts a lot more deeply when you got out of ministry than when you were a pastor because I Mm -hmm. I don't think that it felt like a job. I think that it was something that you were like, let's talk about this and let's have a conversation and let let me try to like help you understand this if you have a question and stuff like that. Well, when you're paid to love Jesus, it's a little different thing than, you know, working hard at something yourself Mm -hmm. and and creating your own form of wealth. Yeah. And then, you know, having the the honor and, you know, joy to tell someone about Jesus, yeah. you know, yeah. so, but, but keep, keep, make no mistake, dude, every pastor that, that gets a paycheck from his church, he's paid to love Jesus. Yeah. You know, so if there's a, if there's a crisis of faith or something like that, and it happens, if there's a crisis yeah. of faith. That's a big crisis because yeah. it affects the money coming in and everything else like that. You're all, yeah. your whole family's built around that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think in, in my personal opinion, you're going to see more pastors go towards bivocational ministry in the future where they can do something else and maybe get like a half, half by vocational. Yeah. Can you explain that please? By vocational means that your, your, your total paycheck doesn't come from the church. It comes oh. from something else. You're doing. Like, like if I was, like if I was working in ministry right now, and I worked like 25 hours here and 25 yeah. hours in ministry. That'd be like 50 hours a week, you know, Ooh, something okay. yeah. like, so that's I what I think. That. I think that's where it needs to go in the future because a lot of people work for, they're working for people. They're not working for yeah. God. They're, they're afraid of people and they're afraid of, you know, these, these, these elders or these deacons or whoever else in their, in their church. And they're working for their fear. Man really enters into that. And that's just not something I really got into. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, yeah. people I didn't like, I didn't, I just didn't want to hang out with. I just yeah. tell them, I'm sorry. I don't want to hang out with you. I did work. I did hang out with some people at particularly in Dublin. I didn't want to hang out with cause I had to, you know, and that's, I just had to do it. I just, you know, I didn't want to, and it, it made me miserable. I'll never do it again. I'll never meet or talk or be with anybody else again. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to meet with. Yeah. There's never a time that I do that now, you know? And I felt like that, that in ministry was one of my hardest things to get over is talking with people that you don't want to talk with and you don't have to talk with, but you do out of niceness. Yeah. And trust well, me, there's a lot of pastors out there who do that. Like, well, I'm going to meet with them. Because it feels like a waste of your time. It is a waste of my time. And you, yeah. You're also like, you're very business minded. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, how can I effectively minded. use yeah. my time? Mm-hmm. I'm like that a lot. Yeah. Like if, if I'm talking to someone and I don't want to talk to him, like this is a waste of my time. I will try and end the conversation as quickly as possible. Yeah. Sure. Cause sure. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to people who, do, who aren't nice. Yeah. They're not kind, but like. There, there's a guy, there's a guy recently in the lounge that, that cut me off in the middle of a conversation I was having. I told him, stop, don't cut me off. What the heck are you doing? That's rude. Don't do that. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of got shocked. He was like, well, Oh, I'm like, yeah, don't, t- don't cut someone else. Tell them a story. You just cut me off. Freaking idiot. What are you talking about? Don't do that to somebody. And keep this in mind. I think I've told you guys this before, but we train people how to treat us. If you uh, allow, if yeah. you allow someone to do that to oh, you, yeah. if you allow someone to cut you off and allow someone to manipulate a conversation, you're, you're teaching them that you are manipulatable. And yeah, that you, yeah exactly. And you never want to give somebody yeah. that upper hand in your life because they, they don't deserve it. I mean, nobody, yeah. no one should manipulate anybody. But I mean, there's people out there and this, oh God, there's a whole genre of YouTube videos dedicated to stupid guys that dedicated to teaching men how to manipulate conversations for their own benefit, which that is not how it's supposed to be at all, dude. Huh? Like podcasts? Oh, there's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lots of podcasts out there. This is how you do our alpha male stupid shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) It is like, you know what? This is how you, seven secrets to unlocking manipulation when the person doesn't even know. I I think I was there when you saw a video of it. And I I was like, it's on my feed all the time now because the algorithm. Yeah. And I see it all the time because there's a lot of people that use tactics like that for sales. 
and they do that. They're kind of like, you know, hey, let's 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 yeah. look at this, and it's just it's just money driven. The problem is when you do that, that plays into your life in other ways where you think you're the center of the universe, the god of your own universe, and everyone's meant to serve you, mm. and that's yeah. where everything yeah. gets all jacked up. Really, yeah. really jacked up. And that's, yeah. where, that's where young men are going today. And I then, see it. And then they meet people like us, and we're like, why are you trying to manipulate us? Yeah, and dude. then they're like, holy <laughs> crap, I didn't even know that you would notice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's, a big, that's a big no. Yeah, that's a big no. So yeah, when that happens, I get, I get pretty excited when I <laughs> can expose somebody like that. So, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, girls, if there's anything else that you want to say to the camera, say it, because this is the last five, five seconds, five minutes. Go. The challenges of being a Reese. The challenge. There we go. The oh, she has more. I go. got one more. Pronouncing okay. our last name. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Right? Well, well it's, it's Madeline Reif. Yes. It's 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 Scottish. It's Irish no, it's and it's German. German. It's all three of those. Oh, it's well, all three. Yeah, well, and then Reich, they say it's it. Reich, it's it's a life. That's <laughs> Reif in Scotland. Uh, we have a crest and everything. And then and then Reif in Germany. German. And yeah. then uh it's also Welsh as well. We got some Welsh in there as well as some English. Yeah. You well, know, and then us. they say it correctly i was like oh it's reed and they're like oh my goodness like the christmas wreath yeah and we're like, like no r-e-i-t-h it's a little you know different but when, you're on people, the right track when people are trying to spell our last name i tell people it's like keith with an r yeah i've yeah. heard you say that yeah, before. Keith with an r. yeah yeah like keith with an r wreath. yeah yeah that's what reith. i tell people yeah, i never thought about it that right. way yeah savannah you turned in wreath for a good last name marshall's easy easy to spell because yeah, everybody knows I spell Marshall. So easy. Oh, you would think. Well, you would think, but you know, you live Every in Tennessee. Every time, just it's sound like, it how out. do you spell Marshall? I'm like, it's like fire marshal. They're like, okay, spell that for me. Like, you don't know how to spell fire marshal? Every, this is what's wrong a with society. Or an M. Everybody in Tennessee is like, yo, how do you spell that? Is that with the M-I-R? Is that what's like in Tennessee? Is everybody just like something? No, a lot of people don't have accents, actually. Unless you live like really far outside of of Knoxville. Then you'll have an accent, like super tiny towns. Does everybody have, have a accent. cowboy hat? No. There's a lot of it there. I know. Well, I got is. you one, so. You did. You we, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not everyone have a, has a cowboy hat, but <laughs> no, not everyone has an accent either. You got to embody your, your true Southern when you wear that in Tennessee. Yeah. I like to see, I like to tease my friends that I'm more country than they are. You know what's you are, funny? You've always been country. That's oh, your thing. Yeah. Well, I like country. to tease my friends who like introduced me to like country music and rodeos and everything. Mm -hmm. But these are also the same friends that I we used to go creek walking all the time and like swimming in rivers and yeah. lakes and everything, sure, right? Sure. We went we went uh we went uh fishing with some friends and I just walked straight into I hiked up my jeans, I walked straight into the river and they're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm going fishing." They're like, "You're in the middle of a river." I was like, "Okay." They're like <laughs> You're going to get bit by a snake. I was like, okay, so you catch it and you take it to the hospital to make sure it's not poisonous. It's not the end of the world. It's okay. And Ethan, Ethan's just worried that I'm going to drown. He's like, <laughs> I know you're not going to get bit by a snake. I know you know what you're doing, but like, are you okay? Like the river's going really fast. I was like, I know how to swim. I'm fine. You're this all here. This is why you two are but I was like, exactly like, you the like, same. They're like, you need exactly like water boots and like the rubber suspenders. And I was like, <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. That's great. But that's I'm like, great. I don't know. I, that's, that's my funny. one thing. I'm like, I get to tease you about this. <laughs> Well, guys, these have been my two daughters. I am absolutely super proud of. Both of them are incredible, and I could not, I had no idea it was going to turn into a family therapy session. <laughs> but it was really kind of fun, and I really enjoyed yeah, the free thought. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was, good it was progress. Really, really good. Really good, good, really good. Really good. Really good. Let's really meet good. next time. You know? uh, if you guys have any comments, <laughs> questions, or insults, please drop them below in the comment section, and I'll put this up on YouTube a little bit later on. And thank you so much for listening to the Cut Light and Smoke podcast. We'll be back here again next week with some more content. So. For the Cut Light and Smoke podcast, I've been Bradley. This has been Madeline, and that's Savannah. And we're out of here like last year. Peace. Bye. Good that was job. In unison. I know. <laughs> <laughs>